Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Zori Gonzalez, and I am a GI motility trainee at Texas Tech University in El Paso, Texas. And today I will be facilitating the February podcast for the Journal of Investigative Medicine. And your host today is Dr. Richard McCallum, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Investigative Medicine. And he is joined today by Professor Dr. Robert Means, who is an internationally recognized hematologist, oncologist, who is currently in a leadership role at East Tennessee State University in, in uh, Johnson City. And Dr. Means' research focus is on the pathogenesis of anemia of chronic disease, and he has gained worldwide attention. He is the author of more than 120 original scientific reports, review articles, and book chapters. Good afternoon, Dr. McCallum. I will hand it over to you. Thank you very much, Dr. Gonzalez, and let me officially welcome uh, Professor Robert Means, a master of the American College of Physicians, and um, a world-renowned hematologist-oncologist, as you've already been informed by Dr. Gonzalez. More specifically for the Journal of Investigative Medicine, or GYM, um, Dr. Means uh, reviewed an article that was um, written by uh, Dr. Jan Woliski, uh, who is an oncologist from Warsaw, Poland. Now, this article is going to be published in the February issue of, of Jim. And in, in addition, uh, Dr. Means uh, wrote an editorial which will accompany this article in uh, February. So, uh, Bob, let me briefly say that, um, as you know, Dr. Woleski's article was on aggressive B-cell lymphoma and uh, he reviewed two significant reports classifying lymphoma by gene expression analysis. And he provided a number of uh, thoughts and suggestions regarding specific uh, additional therapeutic, chemotherapeutic approaches that may be a benefit based on certain subtypes. So what did you think about Dr. Walensky's review article, Bob, and how do you think it might affect or change clinical practice, or perhaps uh, the direction of research uh, in this area of aggressive B-cell lymphoma? So it, this, thank you very much for asking me to be on the podcast. Um, Professor Walweski's um, paper is a good representation of one of the evolving trends uh, in both hematologic malignancies and solid, uh, solid tumor oncology, which is to shift classification from a traditional morphologic basis to uh, a basis that is more uh, gen molecular genetics based and therefore perhaps more linked to pathogenesis and opportunities to um, and to direct therapy uh, to specific mechanistic pathways in disease. This is what's been going on for, for a long time, well, for an evolving period of time, 
in breast cancer, for example. So initially, breast cancers were classified based on morphology as uh, ductal or lobular. And then it, it was recognized that there were receptors uh, that predicted, uh, to some extent, clinical course, such as uh, the estrogen and progesterone receptors. Uh, then subsequently, HER2, the HER2 receptor uh, became recognized for its association uh, with potential responsiveness to the anti-breast anti cancer agent Herceptin. However, now uh, things have moved past the, this traditional morphology plus uh, essentially um, immunohistochemistry uh, based approach to a molecular approach where now uh, people have a molecular profile done which when they ha are diagnosed with breast cancer, which predicts in the case of breast cancer, uh, the likelihood whether one is going to respond to chemotherapy, whether, or, or, excuse me, not respond to chemotherapy, whether one is going to benefit from chemotherapy or can be managed uh, with uh, surgery uh, and local irradiation. So this is, in a sense, uh, an, a parallel uh, concept that Dr. Walweski is talking about. The, the pathology of lymphoma uh, initially began with the division of lymphoma between Hodgkin's disease, or now called Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the non-Hodgkin lymphomas. And that was largely a morphologic classification, but a morphologic classification that linked to specific uh, clinical course. Subsequently, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has been divided into many, many subtypes, uh, as for that matter has Hodgkin's disease. But um, in the category of what was originally called diffuse histiocytic lymphoma, there was a wide uh, array of responsiveness. And so individuals began to attempt to classify it uh, based on the cell of origin, which would be expected to predict clinical course. Uh, this began in the 1970s with the Luke's Collins and Keel classifications, which were uh, looking at morphologic features that appeared to correlate uh, with cell of origin, and more recently with the division of this type of lymphoma into uh, categories called activated B-cell uh, like lymphomas and germinal center B-cell like lymphomas, which were related to genetic expressions, but were primarily identified, again, by the expression of various surface uh, antigens. The Dr. Walweski, um, in his review, demonstrates that efforts to identify therapy uh, based on this classification, represent uh, some success, but not uh, quite as effective as one would have expected based on some of the uh, presumed genes uh, involved underlying it. And based on these two studies he reviews, uh, they each identified a more detailed classification, which found in the... Um, activated B cell, which tended to be a little more resistant category, uh, sort of less, less, less responsive 
categories and more responsive categories, and then identified the same in the germinal, cent germinal cell center-like uh, B-cell lymphomas, identified a more resistant uh, category. And then Dr. Walweski proposes uh, that based on the genes that appear to align with these categories, that different therapeutic agents may, may be particularly beneficial. So this, this represents an opportunity first to better understand the disease, but also to link based on more accurate diagnosis, uh, potential novel therapeutic agents which can uh, further enhance the benefit of our current chemotherapy regimens. Uh, thanks very much, Dr. Main. So in, in thinking about what you do and uh, the patient population that challenges you every day, um, can you do, share us a bit about what are the new developments or medications that are being evolved in, um, in aggressive lymphomas today or clinical trials that are ongoing that you may want to update us about? So the, the, the traditional warhorse of lymphoma therapy has been uh, cytoxan, uh, adriamycin, vincristine, and prednisone, the CHOP uh, regimen. And in the last 15, 20 years, uh, that has been enhanced by the addition of the anti-CD20 uh, antibody rituximab. And rituximab, CHOP, and in various variations has been uh, the standard uh, regimen. And opportunities that may arise through more accurate classification would be to use agent to identify uh, categories more likely to respond to things like uh, ibrutinib, the abrutin's tyrosine kinase uh, inhibitor, uh, bortezomab, uh, which which is a proteasome uh, inhibitor, as as well as uh, as other agents, uh, including uh, ruxolitinib, which is a JAK2 uh, inhibitor. Uh, so there are uh, so there there are basically a number of novel targets that increased understanding of pathogenesis and more accurate uh, diagnostic classification. Uh, provide a rationale uh, for, for further clinical trials. Now, I note that the World Health Organization um, updated its classification of lymphoid um, neoplasms uh, in 2008. It sounds like now, 12 years later, uh, we may be moving into a further need. We had one in 2001, so there's been a bit of a, a gap here. Do you no, well, there, there, actually was, there actually was another revision in 2016. Okay. And um, it was up, and in, in 2016, um, and the World Health Organization uh, totally uh, redid all their hematologic uh, malignancy classifications and diagnostic criteria, uh, making, changing the names of large numbers of disorders. Uh, and, and so currently, there are, if I am not mistaken, about 22 different uh, B-cell origin lymphomas wow. in the new world, in the 2016 uh, World Health Organization classification. So, um, you know, this, this is, uh, it, it, 
life, life has become more challenging than it was when you just decided if it was uh, a large cell lymphoma or a follicular center cell lymphoma or a small lymphocytic CLL-like lymphoma. So, so Dr. Means, do you see um, some of the future perspectives based on this um, or focused on this tyrosine kinase inhibition pathway? Do we think that rituximab, well, rituximab will still be sort of a, a central workhorse or do you have any personal I, I, predictions? I, I, don't, I don't have a personal prediction. And, and part of the reason that I don't have a personal prediction is that I remember all the studies and all the regimens which, which were going to uh, replace, that were going to replace CHOP uh, as, as, the, as the standard regimen. And in general, in head-to-head -head comparisons, um, they, they, obviously there are some categories like double hit lymphomas and things uh, where, where it's not true. But in many cases, uh, you know, new things didn't, weren't necessarily uh, improvements. Uh, it is likely that rituximab, or if not rituximab, some more specific uh, monoclonal antibody may uh, may become uh, may, may eventually succeed rituximab, but I think the general approach of immunomodulatory agents along with chemotherapeutic agents will likely be the way things move uh, in the next in the next little bit. Uh, in any event, now one of the things that may prove to be uh, a major change may be the role of, of CAR T-cell, chimeric antigen uh, receptor uh, T-cells uh, in, uh, in, 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 in the lymphoid malignancies, particularly in the B-cell lymphoid malignancies, although that may at the moment uh, be reserved uh, primarily for refractory and very high-grade things. But again, that is, and that actually is uh, a, a paradigm shifting um, therapeutic approach that um, that that may kind of fall into the the category of a of a disruptive uh, of a disruptive uh, technology uh, that may move, that may jump the field uh, forward a bit. So, well, Dr. Means, this has been a very enlightening podcast for me. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So, I wanted to just formally again uh, thank you and, and make sure our listeners understand that this is Professor Robert Means from the Department of Internal Medicine, Medical Education and Pathology at James H. Cullen College of Medicine, East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, um, one of the leaders in our field. And um, I, I think we all feel enlightened, Bob, from the time, for the time you spent with us. And thank you for summarizing a very uh, difficult subject in, a, in, in um, a brief period of time. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be on, on your inaugural podcast. I, I didn't know I was, I, was getting, I was getting to be the pioneer here. So. Yeah, we're, we're learning together, and uh, I, I think our listeners are all the better for it. So, um, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye -bye. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Bye-bye.